I'm your host, Jaime Garcia. And today, guys, we got a little bit of a structure that I'm going to try and uh, see if I can be consistent and implement uh, for some of these podcasts coming up. Um, I wanted to go ahead and say thank you to Grant from Honed. Um, having you on the podcast was awesome. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, doing what I really wanted to start uh, kind of doing with uh, the beginning of the podcast, which was showcasing more of these kind of bespoke, um, highly, um, how do you say, uh, like highly focused in our FF market uh, to our specific um, builds. And, you know, I'm I'm just really happy that I was able to talk to him and uh, for him to take the time uh, to come on, especially given uh, how much of a time difference it is from here and uh, Australia. So uh, that was awesome. Um, so thank you to Grant. And if you're first time listening from uh from the Grant episode, uh, hopefully I, I, I don't let you guys down too much. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so for today's uh, podcast, again, a little bit of a structure going on today. Um, I had brought up in previous uh, episodes of a setup where I wanted to talk about uh, Honda Challenge Racing and really incorporate this uh, to all um ff related um racing going on um currently i really only know honda challenge um i want to get to know uh honda time attack here in soul cal a little bit better um so that i can speak to it a bit more um and um yeah whatever other um classes are out there um definitely want to get to know more people there so they could speak to the classing a little bit better and Instead of just being all Honda Challenge, even though Honda Challenge, I love it. And um, yeah, once uh, Grant and Hone gets uh, moving an improved touring car, uh, you know, you know, I'm gonna be covering that as well. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. So we're gonna go through um, what's going on in Honda Challenge, uh, all the way from Northeast. To those guys in the great state of Texas, uh, to back down in uh, SoCal, Mid-Atlantic as well. You know, all of the heavy hitters for Honda Challenge uh, wheel-to-wheel racing. Updates on uh, the EG, what we're going to be doing for Big Willow coming up. And um, also a little bit of a kind of my opinion uh a segment on little um kind of like a how to or really like an idea of how to get people who um really want to track and give them kind of like an idea of what's the best bang for your buck in terms of getting out on a track so without further ado we're going straight for honda challenge HC2, Honda Challenge 2. So this is uh, Type R swaps, K-Series swaps, what I'll be doing um, hopefully maybe by next year, hopefully. I don't know. We'll see how much I can uh, scrounge around parts for. But yeah, so since the last event, um, sadly, we didn't see uh, Dylan out there, um, which is a huge bummer because Dylan's been busting his ass so hard to get out there so those northeast guys you know they're 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 taking it easy right now because dylan isn't out there so i'm sure once he goes out there things are going to liven up a little bit more so yeah from what it looks like it's it's not um you know hugely stratified right now in terms of points so in first place in the number nine car we have anthony robinson uh, with a total of 185 points. And um, this is for like the uh, regional championship. And then um, past guest of the of the podcast, uh, Sefer Belsky, uh, Sefer Wires, car number five, 517, 
with 165 points. This is uh, current, so the numbers may change. <clears throat> God, I'm sorry, guys. Just a frog in my throat. And then a really cool EG um, hatch out there, uh, number 206. In third place, uh, Mark Diaz, also with 165 points. So the point spread is really, really, really small, which, um, you know, it's really easy for um, it, it to go anywhere right now. And, you know, it's not secured. Um, pretty much all the places are open. Um, you, we... I'm I'm still waiting for Dylan to get out there and you know he is just chomping at the bit to try and get out there. And a Northeast Honda Challenge so far. Let me pull this up. Ah. No, that's the wrong one. Okay. Um so what what was kind of interesting in um looking at the leaderboard right now. So we have a total of eight drivers in uh, the Northeast, uh, you know, championship battle. And all of them have at least, um, it looks like at least 100 points. So the point spread from uh, first to eight is um, 85 points. And to give you an idea what the points mean, one race win per day is 100 points. So it's super close. It's not... No one has it. Um, no one has this wrapped up. No one has a, a commanding lead, and I believe we're allowed uh, two drops for our lowest um, performance. So, yeah, the, it's it's still wide open in Northeast. And what's really interesting is the car currently number two hundred four, uh, Leland Wambolt. Um, um, I hope I say his name correctly. I'm sorry, sir. Um, he he did win a, a race, but then got DQ'd. Um, I'm trying to... I don't quite remember what happened with that one. Because um, I know that he got DQ'd and also Ken Martinez. But from what I'm hearing from... Uh, let, let's let's call it uh my my source my secret source for uh Northeast Honda Challenge. Let's call him S Anderson. Um, he was telling me that Ken Martinez in the number three five eight had a bit of an issue at one of the races, which was um he had a leaking fuel tank and he got DQ'd because he basically lost all the gas in the car and went underweight from what I understood. And Leland Wambolt um, had an incident with uh, car contact. So that's what I'm getting from my super secret source, uh, uh, S. Anderson. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give up my information. But, yeah, that's what he's saying. If you guys have a problem, look for uh, S. Anderson. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, Northeast Honda Challenge. And the reason why I bring up uh, Leland Wambolt, he's an eighth place right now and i mean there's a total of 10 uh people in the championship championship contention but leland wambolt in eighth place he was last year's 2021 uh regional champ so the gap right there it's tight it's like it's it's gonna get like lit so i'm looking forward to the ne next race uh, which i think is ngmp don't quote me on that one all right so, that was pretty dope to see. Um, and now, um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, um, I'm just going to be rooting for my boy uh, Dylan out there. And, you know, he's just going to, when he comes out there, man, you know, he already painted his car, too. So, uh, dude, that thing's going to be, this thing's going to be dope. So, Super excited for that. And that's the update for Northeast Honda Challenge. And that's Northeast Honda Challenge HC2. Honda Challenge HC2. So Mid-Atlantic is our next uh, big region. And in this region, we have uh, in the top three finishers for the 
championship contention, we have Stephen Brown in the number 72 um, with 325 points. Um, in the number two position, uh, we have Sean, wait, no, no, not Sean, Sam Metzner. I'm going to go with Sean. Now I feel bad for every time that I've given like crap for people mispronouncing my name as Jamie. <laughs> because I'm like, ah, oh, now I got to read people's names that I'm not familiar with. Oh, all right. And then uh, number two in the car, uh, number uh, 117, Sam Metzner with 185 points. And number three in the car, number 136, uh, Freddie Coping. So what's interesting here, and again, this is why I tell people, like, you know, consistency is key. Uh, Stephen Brown hasn't won a first, or hasn't gotten a first place finish, but he is consistent. And because of that consistency, he's at 325 total points where you have other people. And again, this is not like smack talking at all. So guys, chill. All right. <laughs> chill. <laughs> Um, but you have guys like, uh, Brett Bauer, Brent Bauer. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with uh, Brent Bauer who had a first place finish and, you know, he, he missed, uh, several races again. We don't know what's going on. There could be like issues, mechanical stuff, budget, what have you, but you know, Obviously, he has pace. They raced against each other, Steve Brown and uh, Brent Bayer, and Brent Bayer's beaten uh, Stephen Brown, be but because of that consistency, he's currently leading the points at 325 versus Brent Bayer's uh, uh, 100 points total. Again, we're just starting out in the season, so these gaps can change significantly. And, you know... Out there, I also got to give a special shout out to number six, Canturk. Uh, Can, uh, uh, again, I'm butchering your name. Uh, he's currently in number six position at 165. So his point spread for the um, second place position is really not that huge, man. Like at 165 and the other guys are at 185. Like, dude, he's right there. He's 20 points away. And the reason why this man's got a little uh, special place in my heart is because he's running an FG2 Civic um, SI, so the Ace Gen ones. Love it. Freaking awesome. Um, you know, he, he's got the number 99 with the money um, background in it because uh, building cars is money. It's just money, money, money pits. So, yeah. Um, and in the leaderboards, uh, for mid Atlantic, they have, um, a total of nine people from what I'm seeing here. Again, don't kill me if I get it wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's like pretty wild how competitive it is. And again, shout out to their first place, uh, finisher currently in, uh, point Stephen Brown. He's, uh, he's killing it. And, you know, the gap from first to sixth is only, like, really those 20 points. So it, it's still open at Mid-Atlantic. And Mid-Atlantic, you know, they they got uh, Chris Michaels, uh, who was the previous um, last year's uh, national championship winner. So, you know, don't sleep on that guy. Um, he... Dude, like, they're all killers there. They all have really, really good setup cars. And now we're going to go ahead and jump into Texas. Texas, I have been sleeping on. I have not given you guys updates. And mind you, obviously, Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, they have something called weather. So, <laughs> uh, like, that prevents them from actually racing. Over here in SoCal, we have, like, it's going to be a little too hot. I don't want to go out there and die. But the season four, um, <clears throat> Texas has been going strong, and I have been ignoring it. That's bad on me because we have our buddy uh, Scott Adams from Scott Adams uh, Driver Development. 
you know, going out there and having a good old fight between uh, the first place in or the first place uh, points leader, uh, GD Bird Racing. So GD Bird Racing has a commanding lead. He is the favorite for the regional <laughs> championship, but it's not because he's dominating um, everybody out there. He and Scott Adams on most of the races that I'm looking at here on the April event and also on the March event and the January event. Um, no, just the March. Um, they were fighting uh, between uh, Scott Adams and GD Bird Racing. Like they were like first and second, first and second, first and second. So that's really dope to see Scott Adams still kicking butt over there, not letting uh, GD Bird Racing get get away from it. So the current point spread for Honda Challenge AC two, all the same class right now that we're talking about. Um, the current point spread is actually pretty dramatic. GD Bird Racing um, in first place, he's got a total of 1,050 points. So there is a gap. There is a gap. And then we have, uh, and again, apologies, uh, first place, car number 713, GD Bird Racing with 1,150 points. Second place, um, we have car number 920. It's... uh, Nguyen, Nguyen situation. So win-win for my via people out there. Dumas, motherfuckers, Dumas. Can we? And I can't wait to get Dumas back out there in freaking uh, Honda Challenge. He he's building an EG as well. So we'll we'll, we'll have that Dumas racing coming out. All right. So <laughs> well, again, if you don't know what that means, just Google it, buddy. Google it. It's Vietnamese. Shout out to those guys. Love them. Um, So, yeah, car number two in the second position, car number 920, win-win situation, uh, with 710 points. Uh, Kind of a big gap. Again, we're allowed, I believe, uh, two drops. Don't quote me on that. So that means you could drop your lowest score. And it looks like a win-win situation did not show up for the April 9 and 10 event. My birthday, too, April 10th. Um, so that put him behind on points. I think if he showed up to those and continued his stride, he would be a little bit closer, and, you know, it would probably be only maybe uh two or 300-point uh, gap. But really, GD Bird Racing is uh, kind of running away with it because of consistency and also just winning. He's if he's not winning first place, he's taking second place. So Scott Adams seems to be the only guy who's uh got something for him and oh no 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 no. On January thirtieth, uh win win situation actually took that away from him. Uh did take a GD Bird Racing's uh first place away from him. So yeah, again, top three fighters out there. Then we have in fourth place Car number 515, Donkey Racing, with 495. Number in the fifth position, number uh, 72, Michael Iancino Bryan, uh, with 325. Car number 72. So, looks like, um, looks like a decent spread. Um, it looks like for the championship contention... It's really, um, there's seven drivers out there, but between the top three, the point spread, it gets pretty aggressive. So GD Bird Racing um, looks like he is the favorite for this event. And, you know, hopefully Scott Adams can go ahead and stop that domination right there. But, yeah, shout out to all you guys over in Texas. Much love. Sorry for uh, neglecting you. I'm going to try and see if we could get some of you guys on here. You could tell me about, um, you know, what it's like to drive two different states because your state's so small you guys don't have enough racetracks. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Love you. Anyways, so we've talked about Northeast. We've talked about Mid-Atlantic. Those two 
racing seasons have um, just barely begun. Texas is, um, you know, they they've had um, much like California, we've had uh, a good season to go ahead and just start racing basically whenever we wanted to, and now we're in SoCal. SoCal HC4. So, for those that don't know, it's basically a similar setup to Improved Touring Car A from SCCA. It's the class that I'm currently racing in and getting my butt handed to me in because I just am not building a competitive car for HC4. I'm currently just starting to save up and get uh, parts for um, HC2, and we'll see how that works out. But for that, we have some shakeups going on. And, you know, we've already had a couple of events um we've had our inaugural run which was at button willow first race second race was over at uh big willow that one i raced in um then we had another one at auto club and just recently we had the one where i got my participation trophy <laughs> at um button willow so that was pretty exciting and in our contention for the um, regional series championship, we have, of course, Carlos and Steve in the Team Bean Dogs racing car number 45, the single jingle um, CRX. And they're in first place with a commanding, a dominating 550 points. Um, and... Position number two, we have car number 56, Greg Carr, in the red EG. He's at a 399-point score. So much for, um, so far for this um, this series, or uh, up to this point. So in number three position, which, again, I tell people, don't sleep on Valencia, you know, the Carlos is out there. They're quick, man. Don't sleep on the boy. Put some respect on Carlos Valencia's name. He's currently in third place with 365. And then after that, we have a lot of people who are just kind of rounding it out. Lauren, uh, car number 38, which was the old uh, Rob Kreider car. Lauren Fancy. He's a fancy, fancy, fancy man. Um, with 325 and the, the goat from SoCal, the guy that keeps, uh, half of the field running as the main builder and series director, um, car number 71, Marcel de Carpel, uh, Marcel de Carpel, um, with 325, uh, James Landry with 290. So he's in, uh, car number 82, um, in sixth position at 290 points. So, you know, it's still pretty much open. I don't know um, if Bean Dogs Racing will be at the Willow event. Um, not, I, I think if I was, if I remember correctly, I was speaking to Carlos and Steve about, well, Carlos. They they run together, him and Steve. So essentially, like what whatever I'm talking about in terms of like them making it or not making it to a race is pretty much a team effort. So um, they are pretty much on deck to go to Laguna Seca, um, but I don't know if they're gonna make it to the Big Willow event. So for the big Big Willow event. I do know, I'm looking at the entry list right now, we have Marcel de Carpel, Lauren Fancy, Fancy Man, uh, Paul Carr, uh, Roll It, <laughs> uh, and then um, Carlos Valencia, and of course, me, <laughs> going out there to see if I can stay in, in it and not get lapped. Um, but yeah. So that's a five-car field, which is good for contingencies, means that our first-place winners will have the opportunity to get tires. And also, 
you know, if Bean Dogs Racing does not, um, you know, does not push the car uh, out there for for the next couple of races, it really opens up the battle for for second and third because then we have a real like real steady competition because even my uh uncompetitive but at 250 compared to like now that yeah that's still a fucking huge gap (laughs) i was gonna say even i could possibly nah man that gap is that gap is yeah that's a gap we're going with that's a gap but yeah, at two fifty, I might still get my ass handed by a uh, Paul Carrollet, so I'll just be tumbling down the list. <laughs> but yeah, um, with that said, I, I think you know, um, given that Greg Carr is not going to come out to that event, um, or at least isn't registered up to now, I don't know if he's going to make it out. So. That's number one and two kind of out of contention. So the top point spread would be 365, Valencia, and Lauren Fancy, Marcel, all in the 325. Uh, so the, the point spread is only like 40 points. So, you know, the it, it's still pretty open. Top three, top five, you know, it, it's going to be very competitive. Um, with everybody else in there and you know you know shout out to Valencia Carlos has been putting in a lot of work he's been super consistent and you know like don't sleep on the man he he's out there and it just kind of reminds me like if I was just out there more and being consistent I probably wouldn't suck as much <laughs> in terms of points but yeah 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 we're going to go with that. So, yeah. That is all the news that I have for you guys in Honda Challenge Racing. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed that little update on that. Um, so, yeah. From the race. Now we're going into our next topic, which is the uh, build updates. So from the last race, um, you know, I experimented with the staggered setup and, um, you know, I I was just really happy with the sway bar upgrade because it felt like for once the car didn't feel like the tires were coming around on me and I was able to get the heat that I felt comfortable enough to push in the car. And... Um, yeah, it was awesome. I had a great race. Uh, fought with um, I fought with uh, Bill Polly, so that was awesome to have someone closer to my pace that I could play around with. Um, and you know, both he's an incredibly um, uh, nice racer. Like he's just, I, I mean, the communication me and him had out there, like I felt super comfortable, even if uh, he he would want it to like bump draft with him. Um, again, I wouldn't do that cause I just don't, don't, um, feel like, I just don't want to be mean to people and bump drafting them. But yeah, anyways. So from that event, um, couple things I needed to address. One, um, the tires were burnt out, so as I'm sitting here in the Race FF Studios, I have a brand new pair of Toyo RRs, the 225-45. So that, what that means is that I'm going square, no longer staggered, because when I was running uh, the staggered, and again, this there's a conflicting variable of um, having car tire or tires that were on different cars so their heat cycle and whatnot all these other variables of how the car handled it felt a little bit more twitchy uh under braking um when i had the staggered it felt fine like going out there and, and pushing right away so that part was um awesome the car feels good but um you know 
the little twitchiness under braking, like the car feels like it dances a little bit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take that out so that we can, um, by we I mean Caroline and I, can be pretty confident for Big Willow, which is, I mean, there's no way around it. It is a confidence track. Like, if you're not confident in your vehicle setup, you're not going to do well on that track because it requires so much commitment from turn eight to turn nine to turn um, two and um, turning in from uh, turn one. It's the confidence uh, corners. So if you don't have confidence in your vehicle, you're just not, not going to be able to push where you're supposed to push. So, yeah, that's going to be the big setup change is we're going to go square. Um, I talked to uh, Lobuck from Northeast Honda Challenge. Um, we um, we were going back and forth and talking about staggered and pros and cons about it, how he likes it or doesn't like it. And essentially, um, that's what I'm going to go with is uh, go with uh, staggered, not staggered, but uh, square just because that is um that's that seems to be a little bit better now I tried it out so you know sometimes you just got to try it out man you know just try it out even if you don't get a lease in the key um <laughs> so those are done um so I'll be mounting those on my other TE th uh 37s that I have um, and then have that kind of set up uh, ready to go for the uh, Big Willow event. Now, the other part that everybody was telling me, even on my video that went a little viral, viral for my level, um, on the NASA Honda Challenge, was that my shifter feels like it's going around everywhere, like moving so crazy, and it's Really because I'm on the OEM mounts because uh, your boy's cheap and I'm trying to save up money to buy parts for um, for the HC2 build. So, yeah, like, uh, would I love to buy some half-sport mounts? Absolutely I would love to buy some half-sport mounts um, and just solve that situation. But... That money could be going into the Hasport mounts that I'm going to be mounting or getting for the K-Series swap. So, uh, although I would love to do that, given that maybe by next year we're looking at uh, jumping into HC2, so a K-Series swap, I just don't think it makes um, it makes marketable sense or, you know, financial sense to put a lot more into the engine build and stuff related to this that could be going to the swap part. So what did your boy do um, to address that situation? I bought some Amazon mounts that are the torque mounts uh, that are some Chinese uh, aluminum, <laughs> whatever junk. Um, motor mounts, so for the uh, D-series and B-series, we have torque mounts um, from the transmission and one that goes from the AC bracket to the chassis. And after talking to Lobuck um, back when he had his B-series, he told me that when he was just on the regular mounts, sometimes the mount... Um, bracket itself fails and lets the engine drop. So because of that, I, I'm keeping those on there because I don't want this thing to fail. And I bolted on those uh, $30 mounts. And because they're $30 mounts, the hardware did not work. So I had to go to my local True Value and get some hardware from there. From there and uh, just uh, bolted those suckers up. So now the Shifter feels a little bit um, like there's a little less play. But again, that's just me sitting in the garage. So it could be psychosomatic for, for right now. But hopefully they'll stop the movement uh, from side to side because those things are going to be a little bit more uh, fixed. Um, also, um, when I was in the race, I noticed that there was like a little bit of smell of fuel. And then when I checked uh, my injectors, I think it was the second injector 
from the passenger side, um, it, it looked a little wet. So I went ahead and just put new O-rings. Um, I think when I installed them originally, I didn't put any lubricant between the O-rings. And um, yeah, that was an issue. Uh, so with the engine rocking so much, I think that was uh, pulling on the master cylinder because we were having some issue with the master cylinder spilling. So I zip-tied the uh, throttle cable to the vacuum hose from the brake master booster. Um, so hopefully that'll keep it from, like, rocking or being at a point where it can, like, lift the master cylinder cap. I'll probably put a zip-tie on there just to keep it, like, clamped down to make sure that the thing isn't uh, leaking because I started having to fill up brake fluid, which is wild. And it was leaking from the top because I could see it splashing around from the master cylinder out there. So I'll keep an eye out there. Uh, uh, Sorry about that. I'll keep an eye on that um, for the Willow event. And then um, I noticed that the distributor O-ring was starting to fail because underneath the distributor, it was just all covered in oil. So ordered up some Honda ones. Um, I got a bunch of little packets of those and just slapped that sucker in there and got it together. So <clears throat> those are all the little issues that I was uh, messing around with. And... I should have that uh, well and sorted. So hopefully for Big Willow, we don't have that much issues with that. And I don't uh, miss shift and go off and cause me to lose my my standing in uh, the podium. But in a way, I kind of like that I, I lost on... on uh, Sunday because it showed it showed how how much of um, work Bill Polly was doing the fact that he was close enough to capitalize on my mistake so yeah you know I, in a way I was just like you know it would have it would have felt a little um, like I had an overbuilt car compared to to Bill out there so. If if I walked away with um, both wins, but you know he hats off to him, he was consistent, and just waited for me to make a mistake, and I did, and you know got alert from that, and uh, learned to drive within uh, the means of the tires a little bit more, and be a little bit smarter with uh, my choices. So yeah, that's that is that for um, Big Willow and. You know, freaking Carlos showed it. I think my car has a little bit more pace than uh, Tangi does, and Tangi is the car 517 from uh, Bill and um, and Tom Polly. I think my car has a little bit more pace, being that this has a VTEC engine. I get my power a little bit earlier in the power band, and I'm going to hold the gear a little bit better. Um, because I have the OEM gears, so I could kind of just like stay in the gear with, without having to shift too much, um, at least uh, when I overtook him. So I, I think, I think that's um, that's like a, a point of, you know, balance or performance gain or what have you. So yeah, that is that is what I'm. Um, I'm hoping for for the next race and Carlos and Carla again all previous uh guests check out their episodes if you haven't already and also Bill uh, no 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 uh Tom Polly were in her I don't know if Bill was part of it too he may have been I don't know um Bill Polly um or Tom Polly um all did an endurance event at Willow Springs with a lucky dog and freaking Carlos got a 140 lap time in Tangi on Honka Cars fours. So my best last race was a 146. So it shows you how 
slow I was going. And mind you, I was just trying to be nice to people and let not hold anybody up. But I think that shows that there's definitely a lot more pace and I need to turn up the aggressiveness on my driving and start pushing a little bit harder. And given that the car is a little lighter, a little bit better uh, on power now, um, with a little bit of the changes that we've done with the tires and, you know, it, it feels good with the sway bar. The suspension settings are, are feeling really good and comfortable. So, you know, I'm feeling it, man. I, I feel like we, we got a good chance to go sub 140 at a uh, big willow, which is a huge, huge, undertaking my best laptop in the eg so far has been a 144 so going essentially five seconds faster would be pretty much where i would like to be a 139 is really where i would like to be so we have goals we have priorities of what's gonna happen and it's just about me um going out there and doing the best that i can with what i have and i think i got a good solid um setup so I listen to other podcasts, and in this next topic, I wanted to talk about what it takes to get faster. And, you know, everyone will have their own opinion of, like, what's the ideal car? What's the best setup that you can do? And where's um, the typical things that um, you you can, um, you know, focus on? getting the most amount of seat time versus uh, getting the most amount of performance. And look, if you're starting out, and this may be geared to a specific person who maybe has a lot of bitches, <laughs> uh, for the one person who might be listening to. But in all seriousness, um, if you're out there and you want to get started on track life and you want to do all these things and all of this stuff sounds awesome, here's my opinion. So based out of the SoCal, obviously used car prices are insane. So how can you get better? The key is always going to be seat time. Seat time is going to kill every other performance mod you make to your car. But what performance mod can you make out there? Like, what if you have, you know, an STI? What if you have an Evo? What if you have all, what if, what if, what if, what if? The problem is with modern per, uh, performance cars or even like golden era um, or late 2000s or like late 90s, early 2000s cars. Those cars are getting old. A lot of the parts are starting to break down. You're having to deal with a lot of like gremlin issues, which is, like alternators, uh, starters, all the parts that kind of suck to replace and they're not cool performance-oriented things. Look, if you want to get better, easiest thing you can do, and this is something that I've seen consistently with, you know, the advice that Paul Newman got, even if you look at freaking um, what uh, Tom O'Gorman did, get yourself underpowered front-wheel drive car, Tomo did a fit and competed in Pirelli World Challenge B-Spec. I think with a budget of $5,000, you get yourself either a Fiesta, not an ST, just a Fiesta. Get yourself or a Yaris um, three-door or a Honda Fit. Honda Fits are kind of expensive, so you may or may not be able to get one under five depending on your local market you get one of those cars you buy a separate set of wheels get yourself like some toyo rrs and some brake pads and just drive the living crap out of the car just drive 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 put all the money into going to events put all the money into just doing oil changes as much as you can to keep that uh, freaking Econobox engine going. And what you're going to do is, you know, keep the car as stock as possible so that you can drive to the track in that car and drive back in that car. 
And those cars are super economical. They're going to be cheap on gas, especially right now with the gas prices the way they are. So that's my advice to try and do that. And there is a sleeper car out there that I think is completely underappreciated. And given my most recent conversation with home developments, I think an EP3 would be one of those underappreciated cars because you can get them for under five that aren't, like, horrible. I mean, you know, it's not going to be show car quality, but you're looking for a reliable track rat, and you could get a Unit 2 uh, baffled oil pan for that one if you're going to be tracking it, or you could do the half-court over uh, trick again. You know, baffled oil pans are better, but if you can't half oil, half a quart over full, that will usually keep you uh, safe. Um, but yeah, the reason I mentioned those cars in specific, like in particular for like being cheaper track cars is that one, they're really, really light. So most of those cars that I mentioned to you are sub 2,400 pounds. So if a car is less than 2,400 pounds, it's going to be easier on brakes and tires. And if it's easier on brakes and tires, you're going to be able to go out and do all 20-minute sessions. You're going to be able to go out there and find people that you can play around with, people that you might end up uh, you know, losing to on the straights, but you're all over on the corners. So that's my suggestion for people who are out there trying to get into track life and trying to do the most economical thing because, look, at the end of the day, you need to you need to focus your funds on seat time. And if seat time is the thing that you're lacking, that's the thing you need to go through. And of course, my bias, go through an HPD session of NASA, get an instructor, build yourself up from there. I still think that um, even though it's a lot heavier, um, they have their handling issues. EP3 right now, for for the money, is a great car, I think. At a, at a sub uh, $5,000 budget, you, you can find those cars. There's also, <clears throat> sorry, 8th Gen Civics, but uh, I, I like the 8th Gen Civic. It's just in terms of a budget car, I'm just like, ah. Uh, you know, the the things that I would like modified on them, the bigger brakes, you could probably get away with TSX ones. It's up there. It's up there. But they are heavier, more tire. And all the ones that I recommended, you can get 205 takeoffs from Spec Miata guys. And you know how I love running on uh, takeaways from anybody else. So... 205-5015s would work on all three of those cars that I told you, the Fit, the Yaris, and the Fiesta. Um, those were all work really well. Um, obviously, there's other cars uh, like the Kia Rio, but I haven't seen a lot of those in the Facebook marketplace for under uh, five grand. Um, if you can, I think it's a solid uh, chassis. Obviously, Eli Villa would be your um, go-to for all the parts sway bars and whatnot uh strut bars but yeah so that's my recommendation for that i still think a sleeper of it is uh the ep3 civic si and all of those are have a lot of room so if you needed to crash out at the track to do a two-day event and you wanted to sleep in there not carry so much stuff guess what fold some seats flat sleep in the car done it before not the best but in a hatchback you have a lot of room for activities, man. So, with that said, you know, if you're planning to go out to the track, if you have questions, if you have any reason to reach out, man, like, reach out. Um, you can reach me at the RaceFFPod um, Instagram. You can reach me out. And pretty much the Instagram one is going to be the best one to reach me out. Reach out to me. Reach me out. Reach me out. <laughs> Uh, reach out to me. So, <clears throat> yeah, if you have questions, if you have your own thoughts on uh, budget setups, let me know. That'd be pretty sick. We could do like a 
you know, listeners suggested um, cheap car um, track build that, you know, keeps things uh, very um, entry-level priced. So, with that said, guys, uh, thanks for your support. Thanks for your continued support. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the kind words I constantly get. Really appreciate it. Um, it's still a very small operation of me and my little EG um, in my garage trying to do the best that I can with the little things that I have. So I appreciate all of you. And remember, if you're looking for coffee, um, look up uh, Carrera, dot, or Carrera slash cafe. Um, it's, again, just go through the Instagram, man. It's just easier that way. Um, and use the promo code RACEFFPOD. You'll get a discount, I believe it's uh, 10% um, off of your total order. If you like, um, you know, I'll be honest again. I've said this so many times. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but that one does not make me poop. So that is still my ringing endorsement for them. Shout out to the 91 Octane guys, Randy. Um, and John, do you guys like always support me? Thank you for that. Uh, shout out to unaccepted pod, Manny, um, unknown V2, Leo, and of course, Tony guys, thank you for always supporting me and everybody else out there. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. And I will see you next Monday. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>